The people around us are remarkable, and all it takes are a few questions to discover something intriguing or inspiring. Welcome to T-Town Stories, a show dedicated to the one and only Tuscaloosa and hosted by Quana. You can call him Q. He'll be queuing up questions to locals with diverse experiences and backgrounds. This is our town and our stories. This is T-Town Stories. Hey, T-Town. Thanks for tuning in. The upcoming interview is the T-Town Stories pilot episode. I recorded it over a year ago with a guy I met when I was in the fifth grade, 10 years old, and we've been best friends ever since. His name is Chris Germain. My interview with Chris could have lasted hours, but besides exploring a few memories, I wanted to ask some questions that aspiring entrepreneurs might find encouraging. Today, Chris is a videographer, and let me just give him a plug. For your videography needs and to meet Chris yourself, visit genesismediasolutions.com. For me personally, I would be hard-pressed to find anyone else I trust more. I want you to join me next Monday as I interview Alyssa, a dark fiction author. Well, Chris, we met in the fifth grade, former classmates, teammates, roommate, co-workers. So this is cool to have you for this thing we're starting, T-Town Stories. In the room today, Kai's helping doing the recording stuff. I'm interviewing my oldest friends. So not only are my two oldest friends in the room, my two brothers are here with me today. So my first question to you, Chris, is give us a general bio of yourself. Yeah, born and raised in Tuscaloosa and grew up in the Tuscaloosa area my whole life. Um, My parents are both originally from Florida. They moved to Tuscaloosa shortly before I was born. Went to a small private Christian school for my entire education. And that's where I met you, Quana, and Kai. Yeah, so those that was kind of my pretty typical American childhood experience. Got married in 2011 to your cousin, which sounds really weird saying that in Alabama, but (laughs) it's cool. So that was that was amazing. Got married in 2011 and then started actually moving about once a year after we got married. So I was living in Tuscaloosa. My wife was in Auburn, left Tuscaloosa, married her, lived in Auburn uh, for a year, then moved to Huntsville, then moved to Asheville, North Carolina. And then uh, the Lord brought us back to Birmingham, which is a lot closer to home for both of us, which home is Tuscaloosa. Uh, and we're here now past uh, three years we've been here. So sweet. Yeah, that was me in about 30 seconds. That's great. Um, So yeah, T-Town Stories is obviously dedicated to Tuscaloosa, but we also love to hear stories of people from Tuscaloosa who've gone on to do other things or even currently living other places. Um, So it's awesome to hear your journey starting in Tuscaloosa. And um, just going back to your childhood in Tuscaloosa, I remember growing up, every time me and Kai were at your house, uh, your mom always had Doritos and Bluebell ice cream waiting for us. And I just know your family was always so accommodating to us and they were so welcoming as, you know, we felt like a part of your family. When you think of your childhood in Tuscaloosa, what stands out? In other words, if they made a movie uh, about you, Chris, uh, what scenes would they include from your youth? I would have to think one of those, at least one of the scenes would be something that uh, would illustrate a strong family dynamic with fond memories there, kind of what was instrumental in shaping me. Another big part probably would be my high school slash elementary school. (laughs) There was a lot of my life there that most kids may not even think about. There were a lot of people there that I met, either coaches or people that worked at the school that were huge parts, huge influences on my life. Um, 
So that would definitely be another included scene in the in the picture. And then the relationship specifically that me and my sister have, I would say would be another one. She is probably one of my best friends. Um, most siblings, they always kind of hate each other, but they always kind of love each other more than anyone else. And we're the same way. When we were growing up, we would get in fights and duke it out, but I would do anything for her. And um, probably those would be the, the three big things, I guess. Those are great. Um, tell us, for the locals, where, what neighborhood did you grow up in? Northwood Lake area. So it's a subdivision of kind of Northport, Tus- Greater Tuscaloosa, I guess you say. The house we we lived in my whole life. It, we never moved. So. Yeah. And your parents are still there? Yeah, they're still there. It's the same house. They're obviously empty nesters at this point, but they've got two dogs to fill the, the children void. And I remember, so we didn't grow up in a neighborhood, uh, but I remember going to your neighborhood and always feeling like I was in one of those old school movies where kids were running around the neighborhood riding their bikes and stuff. So you helped me get a glimpse of what that childhood is like. Um, And we helped you hopefully get a glimpse of what a farm raised (laughs) childhood is like. Yeah, it was very, very different. For our T-Town listeners, we want, I want to ask you, what do you miss most about Tuscaloosa? And what are you most excited for about Tuscaloosa? Honestly, something I miss a lot, especially when I was a little older, uh, being there on game days, which I'm sure anybody in Tuscaloosa can appreciate for Alabama football. It's always a lot of fun. Um, I miss City Cafe. Mm. Um, shout out City Cafe. Double plates, refills, half price. That was pretty amazing. Um Seems like in recent years, there's really been a lot of growth there uh, economically, but it just seems like the city is really like growing in size and developing in a lot of cool ways you know, with the university and then just other things that you see around with either the amphitheater or the you know big new hotel downtown or whatever, just certain things that you would have thought several years ago, like that'll never come here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just really cool to see. So, yeah. Chris, you spoke of uh, City Cafe. I'm a big fan as well. I remember um, we lived literally in walking distance from City oh, yeah. Cafe. Yeah, yeah, don't forget that. So we, for the listeners, we, we lived in an apartment. It was three of us in a two bedroom apartment. At the time, Chris and I were working for the same company. So we spent probably 23 hours of a 24 hour day together, literally in that, in a three foot proximity. Now it wasn't that bad, but it was, we would get up in the morning. We were in the same room. There's twin beds in that room and we had two of them there. (laughs) We would get up, go to work, Apex Communications, shout out to Alan. (laughs) Um, And we'd come home and we would be so close. How did we not? Like I knew like fights. we have been friends for a long, long time, obviously since fifth grade, like you said, but I knew then our friendship would last because I literally some days I was like, I may murder him. <laughs> I may physically strangle him. Yeah. And when you're that close to somebody, especially because we're pretty opposite in a lot of yes. ways, like organization, like yeah. time management, we, we just like do things yeah. differently. Absolutely. And so like coming out of that, I was like, man, like I'm still his friend. Like, how do we, in the how did we make that work? <laughs> I mean, you just, it's kind of one of those things you hear, like you have to be there sort of moments. Like it was just, yeah, it just anybody around anybody that long. I mean, inevitably there's going to be tension. And then when you have to sleep in the same room, it's like. I had that squeaky bed that (laughs) Chris is the lightest sleeper I've ever met. And I'm the hardest sleeper. It's been verified. I am the lightest sleeper. So he would wake up at the turn of a knob. (laughs) And so I would come in the room sometimes real late and. I would try to be so quiet because I knew I was going to wake him up like just by breathing. Yeah. But the problem was my twin bed uh, would creak like an unoiled door. <laughs> so it was so loud. If you're looking at me, I'm kind of 
reenacting the way I would get in my bed. I would I would get in the position like I was going to be sleeping in the bed and I would just slowly ease into the bed so that when I lay down, I wouldn't have to move. <laughs> but it always woke him up. I felt like I would wake up obviously with a turn of a knob like was said earlier and i would just lay there and kind of laugh watching Quana try to be quiet getting in the bed i was already awake and he would like i would try so hard oh yeah just like the funniest little like acrobatic move to try to get into the bed gently but oh my gosh it never worked and it really wasn't your fault i am a light sleeper that's for sure wow those were good times mark caney lived with us and mark we're gonna get you on the podcast well, yeah. That's going to be a good story, too, about Mark. how we met. Chris, you are the owner of Genesis Media Solutions. First of all, uh, tell us what Genesis Media Solutions is. It's a video production company I started uh, about three years ago. Anything to do with video is kind of my ultimate, what I just tell people. If they're kind of wondering what I do or what I'm involved with, I said if it has to do with any kind of video, I'm there. In light of what we're creating here with T-Town Stories, on your website I read that you're not so much interested in making just a, a film, but rather telling a story. Tell us the thought process behind that. Why did you choose to write that? I think a lot of the motivation behind that is just what we see in everyday life and interactions with people. Generally, what's most engaging or interesting or how we really learn the most about other people or even ourselves is through story. Um, so that's been my motivation for starting the business. It was not just to run a video camera and give something like, here's your event, here's what happened from A to B, but who are the people involved and why should you care? Why, if someone else watched it, how would they get to know you as a person or as a couple or whatever the, the case may be? Well, I love that. I'm a firm believer that as human beings, we are hardwired to hear stories. I love that idea of not just focusing on content, or producing some type of media, but you're telling a story. How did you get started in videography? It's an awesome thing to be in in, in 2019. Um, how did you get started? Talk me through that. Many, many years ago before the Facebooks, the YouTubes, the iPhones, I had a uh, just an old camcorder that my dad had bought and I just started filming. I had filmed myself doing, I remember like news reports by myself. I know I was that weird kid, I guess. Some with you guys later on where we would do funny, just whatever, you yeah. know, I don't know, goofy things. I don't even know what you would call the videos. Just uh, like, it's I don't even know. Nobody ever finds those. Yes, they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. But honestly, I just wanted to film something. So I had to kind of sometimes come up with something because I didn't know what to do. So it yeah. was either, doing goofy stuff like the news report or making like funny action movies with my buddies kind Quana or yeah <laughs> just doing anything so yeah. was there any in particular person or show you watched that really piqued your interest or was it just you stumbled upon your mom's camera or something yeah it was more really honestly initially was just stumbling on my dad's camera like we Family vacations probably was the best like beginning where I was like, you know, this is a lot of fun. And it was obviously something to film. And then I was mm -hmm. like, man, I just enjoyed doing this. And then maybe a little later, our honestly, our school principal at um, ACA, um, he, he was huge in, in terms of just kind of allowing me. I remember several instances where, you know, I could I could make mistakes with him and use his cameras and just learn on that, you know, kind of learn on the fly. But that was instrumental in me growing in a love for video, but also just understanding like how to do it and how to do it better, you know, so. You know, I grew up looking at what you were doing with videography and we were in the same class together and 
always around each other. Like I said, we were in some of those videos and I, I thought that was the coolest thing. And that piqued my interest, I remember, and I'm the videographer today, but I'm an iPhone amateur videographer. And now Kai is a professional. He works, we work at the same company, Randall Riley, and he's a videographer there. But it is cool thinking, seeing where you are now with your company and seeing where Kai is with uh, the company um, in videography and what you are doing, it's cool to see those little steps, those, those people that were put in the right spot just to pique the right interest. Um, those are always cool stories to look at, to just see how did you, how did that process unfold? And so I think we owe you a lot of credit, man. You picked up the camera first, and then we started carrying the cameras too, and then we would both make our own films. <laughs> so that that is cool. The, um, so if you were to look back at that high schooler videographer, is there anything you would tell him? I think at the time then, I was super worried about making mistakes. Um, obviously doing something creative, there's always a level of vulnerability. So I would make something and then you show somebody and it could be something simple, but like I had a lot of insecurities that you kind of have to deal with. Hmm. So I would tell my high school self, like you got to push through those. You got to keep creating, keep making stuff. Even if people hate it, Hmm. like that's okay. You'll get better and don't take it personally, like value their opinion and then use that to make yourself better uh, at your craft. And that can be any in life, uh, even if the videos were terrible. Like that's okay, make another one. Yeah. And then make another one, and just keep pushing. Uh, I think sometimes that honestly kept me from picking up the video camera, or like, hey, I really, I love this, but I can never do it as a career. I'm not good enough. Yeah. Well, not filming, you're definitely not going to get any better. So that's probably the number one thing I would tell myself. That's great. And you said it, but I want to reiterate the the reason I love to hear that is because it's not just applicable to videography, but anybody that has a dream or a aspiration of some type uh it's in large part you you've got to persevere and you've got to learn from your mistakes uh so i love that love that you're sharing that is where you are now with genesis media solutions is that how you is it look how you thought it was going to look for the most part so for me it was like felt like i needed to do this i needed to give this thing a try I didn't have a ton of clarity there, so it's hard for me to look back and say, you know what, I I was expecting to be at this point in three years. Um, I will say I've gone and done some really cool stuff that I would never have even just thought of, Mm -hmm. which has been great. Give us Um, one example. One example would have been, I mean, if you had told me three years ago I was going to go do a video project in Tanzania and not even know the language, I would have said, you're crazy. Just would have never thought there would have been a need for it, you know, those sort of things. Um, So that's just having the ability to do video and do it well has opened up a lot of doors to just do some really fun stuff and then just kind of be like, wow, I'm getting paid to do this. This is crazy. That's awesome. I think you took the scenic route uh, to your stop at Genesis Media Solutions. So tell us what other job experiences have you had and what did you gain from those experiences? Uh, starting out right after we got married, me and my wife, Kenda, got married 2011. She was in school to be a pharmacist. So she was studying full time. Uh, and just from a like financial perspective, it just didn't make a lot of sense for us to start a video production business, knowing that we would probably be moving. And obviously starting a business takes money. Um, so that kind of led to me going down the scenic route, as you say. Uh, when we lived in Auburn, I worked at a tractor store selling parts. Um, Huntsville, I worked for a chainsaw manufacturer. In North Carolina, I worked at Dick's Sporting Goods. Shout out, Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> uh, and then I worked at the apartments we lived at doing maintenance. So literally 
probably the most opposite thing of video yeah. I yeah. could possibly do. That's great. Um, but again, I was able to be around and get to know people and learn their stories just like I do now with video. So, yeah. you know, video just enables me to do that. That yeah. still has been a ma- huge interest of mine. It's just learning where people are from, kind of, you know, what's their background. So I was able to do that in various ways in various jobs. Yeah. So I love that. I love that for the sake of other people who are on a path towards something they want to do. Yeah. And there were even points where I would feel like, you know, I'm not going to do like I had at one point, I remember I had sold my cameras that I had. Like I didn't, I mean, if I wanted to do video, I didn't have a camera to do it at that time. Like I just sold it. It's like, you know what? It's just not going to work. Um, and just had figured like, I'll do something else. You know, I just, I hadn't had any work, hadn't done any kind of video stuff in a while. And it was just sort of like this feeling like, ah, it's just not meant to be. Now you're in the big leagues up here and <laughs> up here in Birmingham. Yeah. What can make a difference for people starting their own business? Honestly, it was just taking like each client or each person that I deal with or work with on a person by person basis, not rushing to get as many clients as I possibly can and just get overwhelmed with just rolling through people trying to get done with a project. Um, But taking it slow, allowing the business to kind of grow organically. Um, But in doing all that, I really am able to provide more of like a personal attention, really get to know people, meet with them, understand who they are, learn about their story, but just communicating with them openly and honestly. And then that just naturally leads to like telling their friends or leaving that five-star review or whatever that may be um, that has led to more business, you know? So being your own boss, what are some of the challenges? I think most people would say if I were the boss or if I could just work for myself, I could just kind of do whatever I want. But ultimately, Nobody is really their own boss. There's always somebody that you kind of have to answer to in some form or fashion. Um, I would say for me now, three years in, the biggest hurdle that I've had to clear and am still kind of clearing is time management. That's probably been the biggest challenge. Um, So that's where it's kind of a curse. Now, being a blessing is just the immense flexibility that I now have in working for myself. Um, If I'm not on a job like shooting something, I can edit most anytime. So I'm able to kind of work that around for family time or trips or whatever that may need to be. As you think about kind of your overall philosophy, um, as you think about some of the big goals, how do you define success? I think it's enjoying what God has placed you in, whether that be making videos or working in a factory or driving around in a garbage truck. It doesn't matter. And just in finding joy and enjoyment in that is incredibly rewarding have you ever had a video go viral uh i have actually what was the story if you don't if you're able to yeah no i am it was uh it was a good friend of ours a couple in uh asheville north carolina and they had um started the adoption process and were looking to adopt and i went up there and just filmed their story leading up to that um and at that point when i shot the interview they had not been matched with a child or anything it was just all a, a kind of a hopeful thing and they were able to document themselves getting their child like getting their child and the whole just crazy emotional roller coasters you might imagine of like now we have a child and all their friends seeing them for the first time and being able to meet with them shoot the interview and then later edit that to put it together into kind of like a a coherent piece where people could kind of make sense of their story and what they had been through. And it sat for a while. There wasn't, there wasn't a ton of interest. There weren't people like beating the doors down. Like this is amazing. Over time I was like, man, this thing is getting some traction. And then I had one company out of New York that emailed me and wanted to use it on their website. And they were fairly well known and it was a, it was a big deal and they posted it. And then 
probably five or six months later, I got like a rush, like all at once um, from all these different companies. Probably the biggest one was, it was like a Saturday night, I think. I'm just sitting at my computer and I get a message from People Magazine wanting to feature it on their website. And it was just like, like this is like that People Magazine, like those sort of things, or like the Daily Mail, like some big news outlets, either through New York or wherever. I mean, it's 50 million views. It's all over Facebook. And then talking with Matt and Katie and Matt goes into work and people come in the hospital that he works at and says, Hey, you're the guy from Facebook. There is a reason that we came to you, Chris, for our first interview. It was not only because we knew you extremely well, but also because we see your initiative from a young age. And so starting T-Town Stories, um, we thought we could not only get a great interview like we are, but we could also learn from your initiative, even though we're kind of in the infancy stage of it. Yeah, so we appreciate that. You've always been someone I've sought advice from, and it's been a true encouragement to see Genesis Media Solutions become the company that it is, and for you to become the man that you are. All right, listeners, this is Chris Germain, longtime friend. Chris, thank you for this interview. Absolutely, man.